The truth is when we love ourselves, we don't have room to love Jesus more. And there is an enemy position there. When he revealed himself to you, when he revealed himself to me, it's not so different than the experience of the disciples. Even though we didn't see him bodily, he revealed himself, which means he is alive. He can't be dead in a grave if he's revealing himself to us right now. And so it's the difference between being dead in a grave and not being in the grave anymore. The resurrected Christ being revealed to us through the grace of God. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are continuing our look at apologetics and evangelism as Holly and Kathy continue to discuss Holly's book and accompanying video series, Searching for God. Study with Friends uses long-form programming, and this episode is a part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests in this series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. When we talk about the minimal facts, I use four. Mm -hmm. Some people have a larger number of minimal facts, and, and this is just your intellectual academic circles. Different people think that a larger number of facts have been irrefutably proven. Okay. But I, in the book, kept it to the absolute minimum. Um, those ones that are even questioned a little bit, I left them out. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's, that's, this is cleaner. Um, and so we have four facts, which we develop in the pages preceding page 117. Mm -hmm. Did you look over this? I did. Tell me your first before we go into the to the checklist here. Do you love this? I love this. I again, the more uh, scientific evidence I appreciate. I I the case for Christ was one of the books that I read that I really appreciated. Yeah, Lee, Lee was part of this. Yep. Oh. And so I so I do I I love this. I appreciate this. I was somebody who this needed to make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And so when I can come back and I can go over these historical facts, I think it's fantastic. I, I love reading them. Mm -hmm. I like evidence. Me too. Because one of the stories I struggle with is Jonah. And so I like evidence. This is my foundation. If this miracle is true, mm -hmm. then without factual evidence, I can appreciate that that miracle can also be true. Yep. And so for me, it makes other miracles possible. possible. Got it. That's such a good tie-in. Yeah. Because that's the story of the resurrection, right? That's the hope. The hope is if Jesus is right. resurrected, then we also can be. Yeah. And that's the hope that is in us. And so that's why it's so important for us to believe mm -hmm. and be able to articulate the truth of the resurrection. Okay, so the first fact is Jesus died by Roman crucifixion. Mm -hmm. This is well documented. I'm, again, not going to get into all the documentation. It's, it's out there. I'm not copping out. But the reason I'm not getting into it is because there's so much out there. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says, then Pilate released... Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. That's Matthew 27, 26. But extra biblical resources also affirm that Jesus was handed over for crucifixion and was in fact crucified. As much as I want to make sure we cover all of these, I think it's always appropriate to pause there and let it sink on us as Christians that he was put on a cross and murdered. We shouldn't just Zing yep. by that. 
the second fact. It's a fact mm-hmm. that the disciples believed they saw Jesus. Okay. So you see that I said this really carefully. I didn't say it's a fact that the disciples saw Jesus. Right. I said it's a fact that the disciples believed they mm-hmm. saw Jesus. What's the difference? The difference is if I said it's a fact the disciples saw Jesus, how can I affirm that fact? They're, I'm not here to ask them. I wasn't there when they saw him. Mm -hmm. So what I say is, and what we use as our foundational principle is that they had a belief, unshakable, unwavering belief that they saw the risen Christ. We talk in um, the book about how we can affirm they believe that. They said it all over the gospels. They preached it as often as they were allowed and they died because of it. You may be a part of a tribe that perpetuates a lie, mm-hmm. but you're not going to die if you know mm-hmm. it's a lie. You're not going to you're not going to allow yourself to be killed if you know it's a lie. Yeah. You must believe it mm-hmm. to go to the death for it. And so I one of the other things that I m- mentioned here is it's also worthy to note the disciples underwent an unusual and profound transformation from individuals who were afraid and hiding to bold witnesses of the resurrection willing to die and defend what it affirms, which is Jesus Christ is God. That that transformation is notable because they were hiding. So I've said this in other episodes in other series. Jesus was not the only quote-unquote Messiah that was bubbling up Mm -hmm. during his time. And one of my seminary professors said, what you have to remember is a dead Messiah is a failed Messiah. And so there were lots of little groups that were following people. And some people said they were the Messiah, but then they died. And then those groups had to disband and hide because of what happened to the disciples after this Messiah, this happened, this Messiah experience happened again. Yeah. The difference is they were in hiding because their Messiah was dead. And then they came out boldly because they realized he was alive. And that's the part where we can affirm they believed they saw Jesus. So skeptics try to offer explanations for this myth, group, psychosis. Um, We unpack that a little bit. That's not the case here, but I'll let people get into it on their own. If they knew personally that Jesus had not raised, would they have gone to the suffering outcasts um, and to the death? Right. No, they were willing to bear all of that because they, they knew what they had seen. And Um, they knew what it meant. It wasn't just even that they knew, right? They knew what that meant of him coming back. Yeah. Which was what? Which was that he was the Messiah that he spoke of. And what would, what would, what was their risk? Go ahead. You go ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah. Their risk, of course, was the same death that he had. But their hope was in eternal life with him. Because he proved that they could do the suffering unto death and he would even in that. Yeah be present and bring them to himself in a better resurrection. And so they were all in. There's a reason they were all in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so fact three. So we're on three of the four minimal facts, and it's called enemy attestation. So attesting or um, testifying Mm -hmm. or telling about. Okay, so what that means is um, people who were devout enemies Mm -hmm. of Christ testified to his resurrection. The first one is Saul, a very unlikely convert. 
He had persecuted Christians. Really, his identity was based on um, weeding out these infidels Mm -hmm. from the Jewish faith who would dare to say there was a Messiah when there was not. And I build out a little bit just he was an ardent enemy of Christianity. But there were others, and James is one of them. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, James was the brother of Christ. Mm -hmm. And in other parts of the Bible, which is great, I I love James for that, for being honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other parts of the Bible and the gospel, it comes out that he had really dismissed his brother. But after the resurrection, James was completely converted. Mm -hmm. And then we also have other attestation. People call them foes or enemies of Jesus who eventually testified to the truth that he had been raised from the dead. And there's some reflection spots in the book. And one of the other things, so we did a little bit of like reflect on Jesus dying on the cross. And then here we stop and say, reflect on how Jesus appearing to enemies speaks to our own conversion experience because it's good that we have the um, intellectual capacity to present these four facts, but we should never let them stop affecting us personally and deeply and spiritually. And, you know, even while we were yet sinners, Mm -hmm. Christ died for us and revealed himself to us. And we were enemies. Yeah. We were his enemies and he, appeared to us in some way and converted us. And so there's truth, historical truth in the enemy attestation, but there's also truth in this chair right now, sitting here talking to you Mm -hmm. because I was an enemy Mm -hmm. and now I am a believer. Thoughts on the enemies and foes? Well, I mean, I would obviously say very much the same thing. And it's interesting that you see yourself as an enemy because that is true, right? And it is what he says all the time. And yet so many would probably say, I wasn't, I wasn't fighting against Christianity. I just wasn't a believer. And yet because of our natural inclination to not follow him, we are his enemies. Mm-hmm. And I was a, I don't, I wasn't a powerful enemy. I didn't convert anyone to atheism, but I definitely was. Ardent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look back my husband was a believer and I used to fight with him all the time about the stupidity of it. <laughs> And so, so, and obviously Paul then, you know, sinks in my heart because I'm like, I was Paul, but I wasn't killing people. I'm just killing their spirit in their love of Christ. Um, And so the fact that he reached out and showed himself to me, I I can't be thankful enough about it. And I, again, I always go back to this idea of it doesn't make sense because it then pit me against others who were in my tribe. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was not necessarily a longer, any longer a part of their tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joined a different tribe where I didn't fit in because I, didn't, I don't look Christian. I, I probably do now, but I didn't then. And so, yeah, he, he works in these crazy ways against people who just hate him for all that he is and all that he does and all that he offers, which is actually a gift. Mm-hmm. But we hate him naturally for that. Yeah, and hate is some people, I think you are right. Some people would say, I don't want to hate him. Yeah. I just don't care. Or I just am ne- I'm, I'm neutral. I yeah. don't really care. But the truth is when we love ourselves, we don't have room to love Jesus more. And there is an enemy position there. Mm-hmm. When he revealed himself to you, when he revealed himself to me, it's not so different than the experience of the disciples. Mm-hmm. Even though we didn't see him bodily, he revealed himself, which means he is alive. Mm-hmm. He can't be dead in a grave. 
if he's revealing himself to us right now. And so it's the difference between being dead in a grave and not being in the grave anymore. Mm -hmm. The resurrected Christ being revealed to us through the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much more we can say. Yeah. (laughs) So the fourth fact would be that Jesus' tomb was empty. Some people say that the body was stolen. Mm -hmm. Some people say that... Uh, who even knows what people say? So well, you can say anything when you're not confronted with some of this, which is why I appreciate this, because you can really say anything. And I've been confronted with anything, all kinds mm-hmm. of outrageous, where I think, where would you have come up with that? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just see it on like a little blip on social media, mm-hmm. right? Because there's such hostility towards our faith that sometimes you just get a little blip. And I, I'm like, where would that even come from? And, and they'll say, oh, you're just blind to seeing anything different, right? Yeah, that I think that comes from Charge Heart. Because they take absolutely. a strong position. It's yeah. because they feel like really angry about yep. it. Um, okay, so we have these four facts. And they are, again, on page 117 in like a chart. And so we have... Fact one, died by crucifixion. Fact two, appeared to the disciples. Fact three, appeared to foes. And fact four, empty tomb. And it's interesting because uh, I I really want to develop the empty tomb for just a hot second Mm -hmm. because um, what we find in early literature, especially like Jewish literature, is they were not asserting, no one was asserting the body was still there. Mm -hmm. They were giving reasons for why the body might not why why might the why is that yeah true that the body wasn't there so it's the fact is that the tomb was empty mm-hmm. not so so that's a that's a clarification point that it's it's accepted right. that the tomb was empty because that was the conversation after the resurrection why was the tomb empty mm-hmm. and other competing ideas came to the fore the body was stolen or whatever, which obviously, well, not obviously, there were Roman guards. Mm-hmm. Upon penalty of death, they would not have let somebody in there or let somebody take the body. Yeah. So it falls apart if you think about the history and the circumstance of guards at the tomb uh, and then the tomb being empty. Again, I wish I had more time to develop these ideas, but I think we've developed them a little in the book, and there's certainly a lot of resources. Mary Jo Sharp does a great job uh, with the minimal facts, so you can look at her work as well. Uh, Okay, so what we have are check marks and X marks in this graph um, that sort of line up. So there are these theories. Uh, one's called the swoon theory, which is that Jesus didn't die on the cross. Mm-hmm. He just fainted or swooned and was eventually revived. One is the hallucination theory that disciples had grief-induced hallucinations explaining Jesus's appearances. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much put aside yeah. because of the um, psychologists who have no skin in the game have said that's really not going to happen to 500 people at the same time. Uh, The legend theory, which is that Jesus was a man or a prophet who died by crucifixion, but legend developed about the resurrection to convert people to Christianity. So then there's a myth theory. So the the difference between legend and myth is that Jesus lived and a legend grew around him. The difference uh, of myth is 
he never lived. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that he developed, uh, it's a myth that developed like other ancient religions. And then the last theory is obviously that Jesus was resurrected and he was died. He died. He actually died, was buried and then was alive Mm -hmm. and appeared in bodily form to disciples and others. So that's obviously one of the theories. <laughs> it's the theory that we embrace. So what we do is we look at the mineral facts and we say, which theory accounts for all four facts that we know are true? We know that he died. Mm-hmm. We know that he appeared to people or that they believed they saw him, yeah. that he appeared to foes and they were converted. That's true. People were converted and that there was an empty tomb. Mm-hmm. So the swoon theory fills um, all the facts that he that he appeared to uh, disciples, to enemies, and that the tomb was empty. That fills those that fills those requirements because he wasn't actually dead. He got up and got out. Mm-hmm. But it, there's an X in the fact that he died by crucifixion. So he can't have died, which is well documented that yeah. he was dead. So that swoon theory is out. Hallucination theory um, is the hallucination of the people who think they saw him or believe they saw him, that would check off that he died and that he appeared, but not that he appeared to enemies. Why would an enemy hallucinate that they saw him? That would not be, that would make sense. I wouldn't be willing to say that that happened if I'm against the idea Mm -hmm. of it happening. And it also does not refute the empty tomb. If I'm hallucinating, then there's still a body. There was no body. Mm -hmm. Uh, the legend theory is um, checks off that he died on the cross, but none of the others that 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 he appeared to disciples or to enemies, or that the tomb was empty. Which we know, at the very least, we know the tomb was empty. Yeah. So he can't have been a legend if the tomb was empty. It's not a legend; it's an actual truth. You with me? I'm moving fast. Yep. No, you're good. I'm with you. The myth theory um, doesn't check any of them. Mm-hmm. But I remember I said at the beginning, most people recognize that he was an actual human that yeah. lived. So we'll swing by that one. The only possibility that accounts for all of the four minimal agreed upon facts, and I say agreed upon because they're agreed upon by people who don't believe in Christianity. Separately, mm-hmm. they're agreed upon. Um, his, historians. I appreciate you saying that. Skeptics. Separately, separately, they're agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, I can agree upon one of these things mm-hmm. as an expert, and then not completely ignore and just the dismiss others. the others. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, why do you think that's important? Well, because here's my main question: as I sit here and I talk to you, I look at this and I go, "Yep, it's not even a question for me," mm-hmm. because I've looked into some of these things, I've read some of these things, I believe the account, account is true. And I have, I had for years believed if only you read the Bible, then you would be converted because it completely makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then I think to myself, then why isn't everyone a believer of Christ? And I, I consistently come back to that. Why I, I am a skeptic. You are a skeptic. I still believe that this is a hundred percent true it still causes me to run to Jesus recognizing that is truth Mm -hmm. and that therefore is what I need to follow. And so then I go, why is that not true for everyone? It's different for every person. Why they won't allow this truth into their heart and mind. Yeah. And I think that's why we do the work, Kathy. Mm -hmm. I say I have examined 
and I am satisfied. And there are sometimes when I say, when people say, why are you a Christian? I say, because I think that the biblical Jesus and the resurrection is the most intellectually satisfying of all the possible answers Mm -hmm. to how the world works that I can observe with my eyes. Yeah. I just say it plainly. Like I have intellectually been satisfied by this, which means, which implies I searched Mm -hmm. and I was skeptical and you can't shorthand that journey for somebody. If they're not willing to go through it, then they won't. Right. God may call us to shepherd them through it, but each person has a different reason. There's no blanket why. Why doesn't everybody believe? Because of sin, because of the enemy, because of the flesh that we struggle with. Which would then lead us right back to scripture, right? It leads us right back to that that circle of what he says is true. Because of sin, right? Yeah, that's why though. That's the fundamental reason. But you can't come into a conversation like that. You have to, you have to disarm with good questions, humility, awareness of your own mess, vulnerability, disarming, disarming, disarming questions and humility, and prayer, Mm -hmm. and patience to walk a person through why what is blocking you from seeing what i see mm-hmm. from seeing what i believe the god of the universe who created us all wants us to see yeah what's blocking you and can god use me to help you get over those blockers not notice how i said that carefully not can i help you yeah but can god use me to help you can mm-hmm. god help you through me can i get out of his way enough to help you see what i see mm-hmm. there's a million ways you can go about it for every conversation you have it's going to be different i wish there was a script yeah because i wish there was a formula i know wouldn't that be nice because yeah. then we would all just do it mm-hmm. but it's it requires relational compassion emotional intelligence, intellectual intelligence, and the Holy Spirit more than anything else to figure out why and then help to deconstruct those competing ideas that are interfering with somebody's ability to accept the truth of the gospel. On the next episode... (laughs) We're going to talk about the resurrection and what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? Um, Nabil Qureshi, who is part of this mm-hmm. project, who has passed away, just said plainly, if the resurrection actually happened, it changes everything. Yeah. So we'll talk about that next time. Let's pray it out. All right. Okay. God, thank you for giving us your spirit and your son and yourself in ways that you have allowed our teeny tiny little brains to comprehend. We know we don't understand you fully, but thank you for the ways that you have allowed us to understand you at all. Help us to identify people and places in our lives where we might be used by you. Help us to enter those places prayerfully and carefully so that we 
do not become part of the perpetuating problem with Christianity, but rather we are able to be used by you to advance the gospel in our little tiny worlds. We ask it in the name of and for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This program is produced by Study with Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.